Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. The purpose of this podcast is to get to the real deal of what really works, the things that don't work, and most importantly, why. Hence the name, The Method to the Madness. Before I get into today's topic, I want to thank Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 280 five-star reviews on Zillow, and they are true professionals in the field of real estate. So if you're selling a home, looking to buy a home, give them a shout. 386-451-2412. I like to cover a lot of topics on this podcast that are useful to all of us, useful to making us more fit, and things I study because I'm interested in, of course, getting more fit myself. I've always said that to be an effective personal trainer, you already have to have worked on yourself, and I think that's true in all industries, and that's probably why we get into the things that we get into career-wise. So today I'm going to talk about the mind-muscle connection. I say it all the time. It is such a critical aspect of working out, of lifting weights, of strength training, really all of it, cardio as well. But there's a huge mind to muscle connection. So we got to really figure out exactly what works best for us because we're all a little bit different. But let's talk about the whys. So there are a lot of what we call acute program variables in my industry and those are the things that we manipulate to come up with the correct exercise prescription and examples of them would be how many days per week to work out that's the frequency what exercises should we choose to do and how many days per week should we do those exercises which is similar to the frequency but a little bit different how many sets to do per workout and per exercise how many reps to do per exercise, what load should we pick, what intensity should we pick, what's the rest time that we should use, and what's the tempo that we should use. But you know, oftentimes we don't hear experts, quote experts, telling us to focus on quality. Maybe the only one in that that I just gave was tempo which is why I saved it for last. So in in other words, how fast or how slow we do the movement. That's the only one that may be related to the mind-muscle connection, but it really only is if we make it so. Yet, it is so important to really focus on what we're doing at the time. So the opposite of that is when somebody works out, they have their workout sheet in front of them, they come in, They warm up, and when I mean come in, I mean come in anywhere. I mean, it could be under the supervision of a trainer. It could be when they work out by themselves. It could be work out with their friends. I mean, it could be any of those things. So when they come in, they basically have their to-do list that they're going to get accomplished. And it's not that different from when somebody gets out their to-do list in the morning and says, I have to go to the post office. I have to go do some Christmas shopping. I have to make sure I have the groceries for Christmas or Hanukkah. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to get the pet to the groomer, you know, a nice to-do list. So there are people that I call checklisters when they work out. 
And what they do is they come in with their workout sheet and they check it off. Or if they're working with a trainer, it happens less with working when working with the trainer, but it still happens because the old, we can lead a horse to water, but we can't make them drink. We can say, focus, focus on the muscles, you know, slow down, concentrate, say all those things. But how do you actually make somebody do it? You have to convince them that it's important, but again, not everybody is maybe wired that way. And that's kind of ironic because that's what we want to do is we want to wire the brain to muscle connection. So one of the ways we get people to get it is by listening to podcasts and reading the good information. So, you know, checklisters will come in and they'll just kind of blow through their sets. I mean, how many? 15. Okay, they knock out 15. And, you know, there are some people I wonder if they even thought about the repetition one time or if their brain was totally on that other to-do list they have to do. And in a way that's sad because... Like, it's a perfect time to meditate, you know? I mean, there's all these things that we're told we should be doing by health and fitness gurus and by self-help gurus, and they always say meditation. And I'm often like, okay, I mean, I'm not against meditation or medication. I mean, I'm not against either, but I mean, I'm not against meditation at all, but why are people like meditating and then if they're just doing everything else they do all day mindless? I mean, to me, that's kind of like, I don't know, like a major contradiction. It's almost like, so I'm going to work out because I drank four beers. It's like, well, you know, what if you meditate and everything you do, you be mindful, including driving. So I guess what I'm trying to say is working out could be a great way to meditate if you really remain mindful. Like if you think about every repetition, the form and how it feels, you're not only getting a great physical workout, you're getting a great mental workout as well. That's one major reason to do it because I think we need to put our distractions down. There are some people that literally won't stay off their phones when they're working out, you know, and it's bad enough when people are filming themselves constantly in the gym, in a public gym where other people are trying to work out. I don't agree with that at all. But they're also just like checking texts or voicemails or, you know, dings, dings. And it's like, can't you give yourself some time? I mean, the answer is yes. Uh, why won't they? I don't know. But I can only tell you what the research says. And the research says that a mindful mindful workout is more productive than a mindless workout. All right. So let me give you one little fact, or I should say answer to the data. Research shows that you will get 50% more of muscle activation if you're focused on the muscle. 50%. That's huge. I mean, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, to me, that's pretty obvious I mean, have you ever like read a book and blown through a page and not know what you read? And then have you ever said you're not going to do that? You're going to quiz yourself after each sentence or after each paragraph. And the difference in what you actually retained is like night and day. So why would be we be surprised at all that we get a 50% return on that than if we just kind of blew through the sets? I mean, I'm not surprised at all. I can go back to following some of the great bodybuilders of the 70s and 80s. For example, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, 
I mean, I, I respect what he did as a bodybuilder. I mean, other things too, but I mean, you know, most importantly, what he did as a bodybuilder as an art form, he always talked about the visualization and the feel like he wasn't one of those that just talked about how much he lifted all the time and all that. You know, it was more about his focus and his visualization. And I always really respected that. He's one of the first athletes that I can remember that ever talked about using what we call bizarre imagery in the sports psychology world. And bizarre imagery simply means you are imagining something like very much exaggerated that you're trying to accomplish. So he used to use huge cannonballs and boulders on his shoulders. Like he would imagine his shoulders looking like huge cannonballs that you would see from a cannon. So that's an example of that. He would use that all the time. He would use this just bizarre imagery and think about what he wants his shoulders to look like as he worked out. So he used a lot of imagery. So some things that can help us keep better form and keep our mind on the muscles. One of them is called attentional focus. So attentional focus essentially means where are you putting your attention? So like great athletes have great attentional focus. That means that they're putting their mind where it should be. And for everything that they're doing, it, it's different. It's not like it's one thing. Like for an endurance athlete, at one point, it could be focusing on their breath to make sure that they're inhaling through the nose early on in a race or it could be on their foot patterning later. So the attentional focus does shift depending on what you're trying to accomplish, but great athletes or um, experts, I should say, because I guess, you know, working out, I mean, it is athletic, but it's not like it's a sport. I mean, it can be, but, you know, you, you, you can become more expert at it, more elite at it by trying to do it right. And instead of always saying, I did three sets of 10 with 100 pounds, you leave the gym saying, I did those exercises better. And that is extremely important. That is a way to overload. So elite athletes or trainees have great attentional focus. Where do we put our attention? Are we putting it on other people in the room? Okay, so that's distraction. You'll notice the people that are serious about working out in gyms, in big box gyms where there's a lot of people in there, typically will have headphones on. And a little little, uh, little tip or whatever you want to call it, a little hidden secret, oftentimes they're not on. At least that's been my experience when I go to gyms and friends of mine that go to gyms, they're just in there so people will leave you alone. And you, you can kind of like avert eye contact and all that. And I know that sounds terrible, but if you're trying to work out, you're really not there to socialize. You know, I'm not. And I think people that are trying to get better do not go to the gym to socialize. It, it, I mean, is that better than nothing? I mean, I suppose, but if you're going to put in the time and if you're serious about getting better, I would imagine that you're going to the gym to work out and get better and not to socialize. Socialization could be a part of it, but I think some people only go to the gym to socialize. So oftentimes people who are trying to get better have in like AirPods or whatever and they may not even be turned on. They just are trying to give the message, leave me alone, because they want to focus on what they're trying to do. So when we go to the gym and we're looking for our attentional focus, here are some things I want you to consider. 
Number one, always think about your form. That is one place to put your attention. Put the attention on your form. I always tell people to go through a little checklist, you know, start from the bottom and go to the top. Are your feet in the right position on a squat or whatever, or even upper body? Do you have your feet centered underneath you? Don't just sloppily grab weights, even if you're doing upper body and whatever position you're in, stand and do them. I mean, to me, that's like lack of attentional focus. So make sure that you're actually standing straight up with your feet underneath you, that your core is engaged, and you're doing your little preset checklist of are you focused? Is your core engaged? Is your chest up? Do you have a soft knee bend? Is your feet pointed straight forward? So do that first and really put your attention on the form. That's first. Next, really put your attention on what you feel in the muscle. Oftentimes, I'll literally poke at somebody's tricep or their bicep or their deltoid or whatever so they get the idea. Put your mind there because if you focus on where you're supposed to feel it, like literally take your mind and put it where you want the feeling to be. It works. Put your attention there. Try to focus on that the whole way through. And then finally, something that will help you with attentional focus is the squeeze at the end of each movement. That will kind of like wake you up out of your daydream if you're daydreaming. Like when you get to the top of a bicep, for example, squeeze your bicep muscles like you're making a, a muscle on stage. Squeeze them as hard as you can at the top. That'll help you get the focus there. And then when you lower the resistance, stay in control. Stay mindful the entire time. If you're doing abdominal crunches even, which is a fairly simple and easy exercise. And by the way, the easier exercises are oftentimes easier to brain drift on. So we want to be more aware of that and try to stop that in its tracks. But when you get to the top of a crunch, squeeze your abdominals as tight as you can. Use attentional focus. Use some bizarre imagery. Imagine those muscles being super, super, super tight and looking the way you want them to look and then relax and do the eccentric portion. So these are tips and tricks that really, really work. And again, there's a neurological component. It's called the neuromuscular system for a reason, not just the muscular system, the neuromuscular system. The brain has to activate the muscles. And the muscles give a feedback loop back to the brain. So it's a neuromuscular connection for a reason. We have to put our brain where we want to feel it. So we have to put our attention where we want to feel it. Okay? Squeeze those muscles. And remember, 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 mind to body works great. All right? Give yourself a break when you go to the gym. You don't have to be so preoccupied. Try to turn off all that noise in your brain. And use it as a time to really exercise. All right. So now thank you, Overhead Door of Daytona Beach. They are the best in the garage door industry. They are statewide and we are fortunate enough to have a local branch here in Daytona owned by Jeff and Zach Hawk. So if you need any help with garage doors or their service, please check them out at OverheadDoorDaytona.com.